Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. I'm Ben Trueblood, alongside the one and only producer, Nathan. What's up? Doing okay today? I'm good. How about you? I, I am doing I am doing well. Producer Nathan and I would like to remind you mm-hmm. to leave that rating and review. Uh, it helps people find the podcast, helps us know what you think about the podcast so that we can keep getting better. We do this for you, the student ministry leader. We love to read those. Uh, so help us get better. We would love that. Uh, we're super excited about our episode today uh, because I think it's a great topic. And I think it's one where we're going to ask some questions that I think need to be asked. But beyond the topic, we have a fantastic guest uh, with us today. Nick Person has been in full-time ministry for 20 plus years. Uh, but the thing he is most proud of is not the years in ministry, but the family in which the Lord has blessed him with. He's been married to his best friend and the better half of their dynamic duo for 16 years. They have three amazing kids, Ava, Jax, and Nash. He currently works outside of the Nashville area where he gets to fill the role as teaching pastor and next steps pastor. He loves a good burger, a cup of coffee. And those are just as a sidebar, those mm. are two things you can get in Nashville. Amen. Like, mm-hmm. like there, this is a great food town. For those mm-hmm. of you that don't have never been to Nashville, you're not familiar with Nashville, people obviously the music comes to mind, mm-hmm. but it's a great food spot. Amen. So uh good burger, good cup of coffee, movie that will make him cry and laugh. And I I have a question about that here in just a second. Mm-hmm. Worked in student ministry for 14 of his years in full-time ministry. Still gets to travel and invest in students. Nick speaks with us uh, through our student life camps, and mm-hmm. uh, you can check him out there. So if you want to be a part of that side of Nick's ministry, then feel free to look that up with student life. And feels like he'll always play a role in the lives of students as long as he can. Nick, mm. it's an honor to have you here. Thanks a lot Thanks, for joining Dad. us, man. It's good to be here, man. Good to be here. So I want to know the movie that makes you cry every time. Is is there one that like pushes that button every single time? It is. Uh, I, there's several, actually. Uh, <laughs> but I'll go to like <laughs> my right now favorite that will make me cry and laugh. It's Forrest Gump. Uh, okay. Just just love it. I love. I like history a lot and the fact that you get to journey and I like story. So the fact that you get to journey through Forrest Gump with Forrest Gump through the highs and lows of not only his story, but America's story. It's kind of beautiful and sad all at the same time. Every time he's talking to Jenny at the gravesite, it gets me. I know it's coming. Yeah. I'm preparing my heart. I'm like, he's about to talk to Jenny. It's going to be fine. It's going <laughs> to be fine. You're crying. I'm not crying. But uh, but yeah, it gets me every time. One of my my other favorite parts of Forrest Gump is when he meets his son for the first time. And he goes, daddy's name is Forrest too. Gets me every time, guys. Gets me every time. I love it. So I love me. And it's been a... It's been a long time since I've seen Forrest Gump. Nathan, do you have a movie that makes you cry every time you see it? I don't know. (laughs) Racking my brain. I was like, I I mean, I'll be honest. I I don't watch a ton of movies. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really like movies. I really like cinematography and like videography and that kind of stuff, too. But I just don't. um, I'm not always up on like the latest movies. I love history movies, that kind of stuff too. So, oh well, Saving Private Ryan—that'll get you mm. a, a few good times. That kind of—that's—that's yeah. that's kind of the one that comes to mind. The cry every time movie for me is Dead Poet Society. Mm. Mm. It—it's at the end when Robin Williams is packing up the office and they start standing on top of the desk, giving him the O oh, Captain, my Captain. It's—it's it's every time. Did you just cry right now? Did, did I see a tear it, in your it eye? Start, it's, <laughs> 
it started to well up just as I was thinking about it. Oh man, I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new Venom movie. Uh, I, saw it. I am. I saw it. Oh, you did. did. How, can you give it a rating? Are we? Are um, is it worth the watch? It it is worth the watch. Uh, you have to watch it all the way through the credits for the in. You know the after credit okay. scene. Um, that made it worth it. Um, I think with Venom for me, I'm just like, I get it. This whole like Venom, Eddie Brock dynamic is kind of weird. And it just feels a little, it's like Marvel enough for me to watch it, but not Marvel enough to be like an excellent Marvel movie. So it's just like, eh, yeah. it, I'll watch it again if I'm watching with a friend, but not going to watch it by myself. Yeah. Again, so. so it's like. The side, like B list Marvel it character, is. And, and, but yeah. the end you go, okay, that will that will help all the things. So, I like to hear that. Mm-hmm. I feel that I felt that way about Ant Man. I was like, eh, it's kind of second tier, mm-hmm. but I'll go with it mm-hmm. and see what happens. But that's not what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, today's podcast is all about preaching. Mm-hmm. So here's what our aim would be today. Mm-hmm is to ask the question, why is preaching important to student ministry? So one of the things I think that happens uh, with with student ministry is kind of the model that's been around for a while is there's a student ministry worship service and it looks different mm-hmm. a lot of times, maybe not depending on the church that you're in, but most mm-hmm. of the time that service looks very different than the Sunday morning service with everybody. Uh, but I, I don't know that we stop and ask the why question yeah. very much on like, why do we do this? And then uh, we want to end and, and get to the point of, okay, if we believe that this is something mm. uh, that we should be doing, mm. then how do we do it in such a way that delivers truth to the place where the teenager is yeah. developmentally, where they are in life? culturally and all of those things. So, uh, Nick, I think you're the, the perfect person to join mm-hmm. us for this episode uh, and would love to just start with that why question. Yeah. Um, why is preaching important to student ministry? Oh, man, that's such a good question. Uh, I was thinking about this. And so let me put it in an illustration. I think illustrations help break down the walls. And so um, I yeah. think of the gospel as a present and as a student pe- preacher, what you are trying to do is help this student unwrap this present. You're using all kinds of means. Sometimes it takes an exacto knife. Sometimes it takes scissors. It's just being aware of the audience in the crowd. But the reason you are preaching, because it's a great avenue in which you can help a student unpack this gospel that is a gift and accept it and make it their own. And so really, it's one of the most vital parts of student ministry, not because you're about to win some awards on speaking and communication, but because you are helping these students unpack something that changes their life, really, really speaking, is gives them life. And so that's why it's Mm. so important. And you can use so many different avenues to do that. But it really is you're unpacking, helping them unpack this gift of the gospel um, using all the tools and all the ways. So that's why we do it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, When you obviously when you stand up and you preach to a group Mm. of students and just to make it clear on on this podcast, we're we're going to land on the side of yes, there should be a preaching moment yeah, for students. Yeah. So <laughs> we're all, we're there. Yeah. Um, now the frequency of that, whether you do that once a month and then do small groups yeah. the other times, or you do however you structure that. I mean, that's, con- that's contextual yeah. and based on what God's put in your heart for ministry, but we do believe in this moment. Mm-hmm. So Nick, when you're standing up and you're looking out at a group of students mm-hmm. and, and you know, yeah. 
man, I've got students who don't know Jesus mm-hmm. here. And I've got students who are trying to live for him every yeah. day and, and everywhere in between, yeah. right? Like it is, you span the spectrum. Mm-hmm. How are you approaching that moment? And what are you trying to do to make sure that the spectrum of people mm-hmm. all kind of hear something? Yeah. Like well, a couple of things I'm doing. First thing I'm doing is how can I eliminate the obstacle that they're creating already? So let me speak to the obstacle that they have already presented. And so for a kid that's been in church for a while, I've already heard this. He's using Ephesians again. My youth pastor uses (laughs) Ephesians every third month. And so I know that's a wall. That's an obstacle. For some students, they're like, my parents made me come here. I don't want to come here. I got in trouble. So instead of being on probation, I'm coming to church camp. And then you have those kids all in between. And so I'm already addressing the elephant in the room. So I'm going, hey, I know this elephant. I know you have this elephant. Let me address it. Because when you address it, it really just people are like, oh, you're willing to be vulnerable. We're going to address the elephant in the room. And then what also I'm thinking, not only am I addressing the obstacle, how can I remove the walls so that you can hear this? And a lot of ways I do it is I tell a personal story or I will use humor. Now, let me go ahead and say this. If you're not funny, don't try to use humor. Be who you are. Use what you've got. <laughs> That's right. And so what I mean by that is I have a buddy that really, really loves history. So he will always infuse history into his messages because that's just him. I have another buddy who's an artist. So he will use an illustration of him painting or something like that because that's who he is. And so all of those things help kind of eliminate the walls and the obstacles. But I use humor humor because that's me. And so I will tell a story that's somewhat funny. I will, you know, whatever it takes to meet these students right where they are so that they can receive this gift that I'm trying to give them. So those are kind of the things I'm doing. I'm addressing obstacle. And what is the number one thing I want to give them? Jesus. I I don't necessarily want these kids to like me. That's not my end goal is to be funny, to be popular. My end goal is what can I do to give them this gospel that can change their lives? And the other thing I have to remember, and this might just be me, I have nothing to prove. These are teenagers. I don't need more friends. Mm. I don't need a fan base. I really am just doing what God has called me to do and provide an opportunity for me to do. So I'm not trying to earn anything. I'm just kind of being who I am and sharing the gospel with them using the tools and and the methods in which the Lord has gifted me with. Um, And then also make it plain. I have a pastor that says this, you want to cut the meat in such a way that a new person or someone who doesn't know Jesus won't choke on it, but it's also substantial Mm -hmm. for someone who's been walking with Jesus for a while. So that's always the framework I'm looking at and the lens I'm looking through when I'm communicating. Man, I love that because I do think like we, as people that Mm -hmm. preach, often listen to other Mm -hmm. preachers uh, and try at at points probably compare Mm -hmm. even to other people or try to do something that like we hear somebody and we're like, oh, I like that. I'm going to try to do that and add that into what I'm doing whether it's a style or anything like that. And man, your encouragement to just be you. Mm -hmm. If this isn't you, then find out what is you and live there. Because if we really, it's something we tell students all the time, right? Like God has shaped you Mm -hmm. for the ministry he's calling you to do. And if we believe that for ourselves, then we know that like, if I'm not funny, God didn't intend for me to use that yeah. in, a, in a sermon. He intended yeah. 
me to use something else. Mm-hmm. And so find out what that is. I love, I love that reminder and encouragement mm-hmm. to just be who you are, mm-hmm. because I do know that there are, there are going to be some, just like there's a spectrum of students in, in front of us mm-hmm. every time we stand up, there's a spectrum of youth pastors that mm-hmm. are listening to yeah. this. And there are some that would say, man, I don't feel like my gift is communicating from the stage mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I do it because I have to yeah. or feel like I have to. I really shine in small groups and conversations. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be the other side of the spectrum that, and all I want to do is stand yeah. on the stage and talk. And And I think we could do a whole other podcast about how the two ends of that spectrum both kind of need to meet in the middle, yeah. right? But coming back to the fact that be who you are mm-hmm. in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And when we try to be someone that we're not, I think is when we lose some of that engagement or at least cause internal frustration yeah. in ourselves because we're not living up to some standard we we created in our own mind. Exactly. Man, what do you I like to make it plain too? Um, how do you how do you approach that specifically? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we could dive into the make it plain a little bit, because I think that's something that people struggle with. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I've got this theological idea or this passage that I'm going to try to work through, Mm -hmm. but I know I've got to make it plain and I'm, I'm struggling to do that. Uh, as a side note too, your reference to Ephesians, like is on the money. (laughs) That's the one that is like, all right, let's go. (laughs) It's Wednesday at four Mm -hmm. o'clock. What am I going to speak on? And it's the Bible naturally (laughs) opens to Ephesians. So that is, that is exactly what happened. Uh, how do you approach the make it plain part specifically? Um, I think one thing I, I try to do is not give myself this unrealistic expectation of how much I can cover in 30 minutes. And can I just mm. say this? If you're preaching for more than 30 minutes, that's too long. I'm just going to be honest with you. And, and there are going to be some <laughs> people out there be like, Nick, I disagree. I have this 82-minute message for my sixth grade boys that is just really going to resonate <laughs> with their heart. Um, I don't care how good it is. After about 25, 30 minutes, they're done. Um, so that's yeah. that's free information. Send all your complaints to Ben Trueblood. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but making a point, like not feel like I have to accomplish more than is feasibly possible. Like there are times yeah. because you always like, well, I need to be overprepared. Every time I quote unquote overprepared, I never get to half of it. And so like mm. dig in, make it plain, use illustrations, really teach how Jesus taught. Jesus would take these really complex theological things that these people who were listening to him were very well versed in, in, in the, in what you would learn in the temple and the old Testament. Like they knew all the things, but what would Jesus do? He'd be like, you know what? The kingdom of God is like this, you know, be like, and they're like, what did he just use a cow? Did he just spit in the mud? Did he just use a flower? Like, <laughs> He would use what is normal and what met them where they were. That's why he's always using sheep, you know, because it was very familiar. And so use what's familiar. And I think also we have this misconception of what theologically sound is, right? We think theologically Mm. sound means it's complicated and means it's not transferable. And that's not true at all. I mean, that is not the right thinking. Is it accessible? Because that's what Jesus did with the gospel. He made it accessible. And so the goal is to make it accessible, not have unrealistic expectations about what you can cover and just take your time and breathe. 
just take your time. Like, yeah. like, Hey guys. All right. And be honest. Like what I try to do is if I come to a part that's funny, we talked about one of the messages that soon life camp this year I used was about circumcision. You know, I, you look at that and you go, Oh, but I introduced the elephant guys. We're talking about circumcision. I know it's awkward. We can giggle. I giggle and just like own it, <laughs> own it. And then sometimes yeah. Jesus will say things that are weird. It sounds a little bad crazy. You're like, what? Like ask the question, yeah. what? Because they're asking the same questions. And so like when you kind of are getting down to the brass tacks of it, just, Hey, I can go slowly. How can you walk away with this? How is this going to be totable for you? Because if I preach an amazing message, but no one does anything with it, guess what? I didn't preach an amazing message. But if I yeah. preach a truth that you can carry with you, that you can remember, and that you can also share with those around you, that is a that is an amazing message because it's going to have some legs to it. Yeah, man. There have been several times where, to the time point, mm-hmm. There have been several times where I've preached a message and I felt like the content was was really good. Mm-hmm. But I looked down at my watch and thought, man, you're an idiot. Why did you talk for that long? And like I it is uh, it, it became to the point where it was like convicting mm-hmm. to me because it I think what I realized was, man, I am so excited mm-hmm. about this content yeah. that I forgot my audience. Yeah. And you just, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've really gone through this journey of beating myself up mm-hmm. over that and then just saying, well, I can't do anything about that. I'm just going to do it different moving yeah. forward. But the thing is, man, like, I think we, we kind of need to throw the clock mm-hmm. out the window yeah. a little bit yeah. in our, now, if you're preaching in, like, if you're in a church and Nick, you're at the mm. teaching pastor there, mm. like there are often times yeah. where you're preaching on a Sunday morning and you have to, like yeah. the time has to be, you yeah. can't go real short. You can't go real. You've got to nail it. But in the student ministry environment where you are running the show, mm. man, if you can deliver a clear, concise mm plain students walk mm. away with this big truth yeah. in 18 minutes, do it. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's sitting at the back saying, man, you didn't go 30 minutes. We're going to dock you that pay yeah. this week because you're not going, well, I don't know. I've seen some <laughs> weird, tr- maybe yeah. some, maybe some churches are back yeah. there doing that. But for the most part, it's the outcome, yeah. not the time. Yeah that we need to, that we need to be after. And that's, man, if you can do that in shorter than even 20, then I think in student ministry, we need to have the freedom to feel that. Give yourself permission. Also, yes, that's right. And because in there are also times where like the Holy Spirit is doing something and you look down and you're like, wow, it has been 42 minutes. Right. But if that's all the time, then that becomes the norm, and that's not going to be the most effective way. But if that's the exception, yeah. I mean, because the Holy Spirit is going to do what He wants to do, and there are times where it takes forty-three minutes, or but that can't be the norm. Just for the time that we're in with attention spans, you're not going to be able to do that all the time, and you just have to like yeah. pay attention to that. Yeah. And, you know, like there's arguments of, you know, back in the New Testament and Acts, mm. they would they preached so long that somebody fell asleep and fell out of the window and yeah. died. So we need to preach long messages. But the dude fell asleep. Yeah. So like there's a and also. 
when they preached that time, like at Pentecost, like tongues of fire yeah. appeared. And I, like, so that, you know, it probably helped to keep people's attention <laughs> as things. It's like yeah, the Holy Spirit falling has a way of not having a time restraint, you know. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, what do you, so uh, the keeping students pay, uh, paying attention mm-hmm. part, um, b- being plain mm-hmm. has, has got to be a part of yeah. that. You already mentioned illustration and being yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, what other things do you do to make sure, okay, I've got 30 minutes mm-hmm. with this group of teenagers. Here's how I'm going to approach this to make sure that that attention span yeah. is recognized here. All right. So a couple other things I do. So I typically, when I communicate, will sit in a stool. And the reason I sit in the stool is because I want these students to feel like I'm having an individual conversation with several individuals. Like, I want mm. you to feel like we're having a conversation. Like, I want you to think, hey, we are sitting at insert favorite coffee shop and we are talking about things of God. And I want you to feel that way. But I also leverage the stool for another reason is I also will get up. So there is this normal rhythm. Whenever I'm communicating, I will sit down. I will quiet my voice because when I quiet my voice, students have most people will lean in and be like, what did he just say? When I stand up, Mm. automatically you think to yourself, he has something important to say right now that I need to listen to because he's standing up to say it. And I will also walk back across the stage. Now, this can be kind of squirrely if you do it too much. You know, people get seasick, but but just leveraging that. And there are even times when I will walk closer to them, like I will walk closer to engage with them just so that they can hear that. Um, Another thing I do is I try to use an object of some sort. It won't be every message, but if the message lends itself, there's an object lesson or an illustration I will use. Why? Because not only are they listening, but they're seeing. And sometimes as, as I touch something, they're, they're able to connect with it even more. And also, like a lot of messages I've preached, people go, hey, I remember that illustration about salt. And you said that we are salt and light. And, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Like you, I love that mm-hmm. because later on when they're walking away or they're with their friends, they, when they see salt or they see a pair of sneakers, they'll go, man, I'm called to walk in the shoes of Jesus. And they will always put those connections together. So anything that is bigger than that 30 minutes that can continue to preach and continue to teach them as they go, that's what I want. And so a lot of that's object lessons. And a lot of that's just using a stool as simple as it is and a table because the table feels like you're invited. Like I'm sitting at the table and you're invited. And these are really small things, but I've just seen them pay great dividends when especially when i'm talking to students that even works with adults because they are really listening in a similar way right so when i sit down and stand up they're engaging again they're engaging again um and just using the volume on your voice too and i know that sounds simple but there are moments where i get excited because it's funny or it's an exciting point or there are other times when i'm silent um and there's also paying attention to having the right feeling at the right moment. What I mean by that is just be honest. Like, just be honest. Yeah. As I tell a story about a loss that I have, it makes me sad. So I'm not going to share it like a funny story. I'm going to share it like I share it because it's still sad to me. But I know the Lord's yeah. using it and leveraging it. And so just be vulnerable and real in that, too. Now, when you, uh, with the, with your voice mm-hmm. and changing it at strategic mm-hmm. times, purposeful times, mm-hmm. standing up, uh, 
are those things that you practice ahead of time mm. or is it just so much a part of mm. your delivery now that you do it naturally? So it is, it is more natural now, but my mentor would say that to me. He'd be like, cause he would watch me preach and he would give me feedback, which is another thing that everybody should do. And you should watch yourself. Mm. That's just free information. No one likes watching themselves, but it is good and it is necessary to watch game film. It's just good. But like, home, oh, what yeah. and what you're watching for in those moments is did I do anything that was distracting from what I was really trying to convey? That's really what it is. It's not a beat me up session. It's a am I doing anything right. that that is distracting or is not really conveying or highlighting the gospel in an accurate way, things like that. But he would communicate and be like, hey, Nick, why you're always yelling at me. Why are you always yelling? <laughs> like, mm. If everything <laughs> is important, then nothing is. So if you're excited yeah. about everything, then eventually nothing is exciting. And he said, so there are moments where I just need you to talk to me, not talk at me. And sometimes when you're yelling or mm. you have a really uh, excited tone, I feel like you're coming at me and not talking with me and I was just like okay so it's something that I've had to practice and be intentional and watching the game film I go man I probably shouldn't have been that loud right there I probably should have Mm. sat down and really engaged them and invited them to the table more Um, so it is something that you practice but then it just becomes a part of who you are and kind of what you do and uh, and so now it has moved into that it's kind of who I am Um, really just being intentional with that and so it kind of happens more naturally now. That's great. We, uh, I wanted to get to this too. And you've obviously received some great advice mm-hmm. from a mentor. Uh, you just mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And, and what advice would you give now? So mm-hmm. through this medium, kind of mm-hmm. be the mentor yeah. for student pastors that might be, that might be listening to this. Yeah. What advice would you give to them as they, sit back and evaluate and just say, Hey, what do I, I, I believe this is necessary because mm. we're giving the gift of the gospel. We're helping yeah. students unwrap this gift. Mm. How do I do that better? And I, I think everybody mm. is in a spot, regardless of how quote good you mm. are, everybody's in a spot to get better. So mm. I'd love to hear from you on that. So the first thing I would say in this is, so I was on a plane, you know, traveling somewhere, and I've watched the um, flight attendant go through their spill 115 times, right? You, you've all seen it. Like, here are the exits. And this particular time, I was like, okay, let me watch. And there's a part of their whole spill that always bothers me. And it's the oxygen mask part. When they're like, hey, make sure that you put your mask on first before you put it on your kids, before you put it on others. I hated that part. Because in my head, I'm like, I'm a good dad. I will put it on my kids first. I will be sacrificial. I will do it. And then I was sitting on the plane one time and the Holy Spirit showed up uninvited and he goes, that's your problem. And I was like, I didn't invite mm. you to this conversation that I'm having in my head. <laughs> and and, and it was like, he was like, hey, that's your problem. He's like, you want to provide something for others that you're not willing to breathe in yourself. And I was like, oh, I don't mm. like this. Mm. And, and so I tell that story because here's what is important. If you're not sitting in front of the king how can you best reflect the king? If you are not taking in that ruah, that breath of God, if you're not breathing him in, if you're not allowing him to fill you up, it's going to be hard for you, impossible, I would even say, for you to work out of the overflow. 
And I get it. Like yeah. there are deadlines and Wednesdays coming around again real quickly or Sundays coming around really quickly. But how can I hope to lead these students to a place that I haven't been to or that I'm not going to on a regular basis? And so really the heart of communicating is well before you open up your mouth. It's you sitting with the yeah. king and listening and being still and knowing that he is God and knowing that when you walk on the stage, you have nothing to prove because you've already been approved through the gospel. And so I think when you operate from that space, it changes the way you communicate because it's not for me for a long time, Ben, I would use preaching and communicating the gospel and how many hands were raised as how well I was doing at paying off my debt of grace. And I know that's twisted, mm. but I would be like, well, God, I guess you're really proud of me now. I guess you love me now because look how great I did. Look how great, you know, I explained the God you know, and the Lord's like, what are you talking about? Nick, I was for you before you opened up your mouth. Right. And so I had to learn how to sit in front of the king, be filled by the king and then go and do likewise and pour that out into others. And so the most important thing about really preparing and getting ready is really sitting in front of the king first. So that would be I would say that's by far first. The second thing is read the text a lot. Just read the text. Okay, Lord, why were you saying this here? Because context is everything. So why would he say that to these people? Why would he use that? Why would he say it that way? Why were they so mad at him? And because if you can understand the context in which was going on, you can better explain that to your students or whoever's in front of you because you have an understanding of it. And listen, commentaries are your best friend. Study Bibles are your best friend. You don't have to do this by yourself. Like, Use yeah. use those who have gone That's before right. you. Like I'll tell everybody all the time, hey, y'all, my study Bible is Tony Evans, and he is far better at putting it out there than I can. And so I'm going to use what I've been given, you know, give credit to where credit is due, but use those things. And also, like, just you're not – you're not just trying to present something, you're being something and sharing something. And I think mm. that changes the game too. Cause when you feel you have to present something, it feels very much like school, like, Oh, I'm going to get a grade. But when you're being something and then sharing something, that's a little bit more intimate. That's a little bit more relational. That's really ultimately yeah. how Jesus did it. Right. He was sharing something with you because he loved you. And he was for you. And he had invited you to recline at the table with them. And so that's how we navigate it. So use your text and read your text often. Use notes. Uh, find out the context. And then think of what in life is going on. Like, what are these kids walking through? What am I walking through? Um, what was it like when I was 14? Granted, it's a little different. But basically, being a 14-year-old is being a 14-year-old. Like, there's yeah, some different right. ways, I guess, you can get into trouble. But the trouble is still there. So what was it like mm -hmm. for me? How can I be honest? with how it was for me or how it is today. Um, and so things like that, I think I give you a lot, but hopefully I answered the question. No, but you did, mm -hmm. man. And that's, that's great. And you talked about being and share, being something and sharing mm -hmm. something. And man, to connect that with your first point, like you can only be something when you've spent time mm -hmm. with God first Gosh. and, and, and taking that in and, Man, I, I really appreciate your willingness to, to be vulnerable on the nothing to prove mm -hmm. part. Uh, I would have I would have said the same thing mm -hmm. that as you did, that there there was a time when I would grade myself driving home mm -hmm. on a Wednesday night based on the decisions that were made or not made. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it would either be a great drive yeah. home or it would be a shaming one. Um, 
And that, man, it really became an obstacle mm-hmm. for me in ministry. And uh, I also know that we're not the only two people that have ever had those feelings. Yeah. And so student student ministry leaders that are listening to this, whether your stage is uh, a preaching stage or a small group living room mm-hmm. stage or however you're engaging with students, yeah, I want you to hear what Nick is saying mm-hmm. in that you don't have to prove anything mm-hmm. in those moments. Mm-hmm. You just have to love those people and be what God's called you to be and share that with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you use the phrase, God was for you before you ever opened your mouth. Mm-hmm. And I just think that is such a powerful, powerful reminder because of the amount of people I know mm-hmm. are grading themselves based on what they see yeah. happening or not happening. Yeah, it's a good reminder. So, man, I, I appreciate that. Well, Nick, this has, uh, this has been an incredible episode. I appreciate you giving time uh, to pour into us, to mm-hmm. pour into student ministry people that are listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I appreciate you very, very much. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. It was an honor. Yeah. Anytime. I want to take a quick pause before producer Nathan and I come back and have the What We Learned Today section of the podcast to tell you about a resource that our team creates to help you do what we just talked about in having that preaching time for students or preparing a message for students. So every one of our ongoing Bible studies, the Gospel Project, Explore the Bible, and Bible Studies for Life all have a midweek outline included in them. And that midweek outline is created to bridge the gap between Sunday to Sunday and give you a head start in your planning for a message that you're going to preach. Gives you a lot of room still for you to be yourself, but it gives you the outline and the bones to create a message that bridges the gap between Sunday. So if that's something you want to align the middle of the week with the weekend Bible studies that you're going through, then you can check that out again at lifeway.com. The Student Bible Studies Gospel Project, Explore the Bible, and Bible Studies for Life all have that option. Well, Nathan, amazing, right? He is for sure. Like, I love spending time with that guy. And he's just, I think, so wise, puts things so mm-hmm. well. You can tell he's a communicator, not just like from the stage, but very well thought out just in mm-hmm. communicating, even in a medium like this or normal along the way. So, man, I appreciate his insight. So, well, so much about this. What did you, uh, what did you take away? One of the things that stood out to me is something that I think is, is huge for student pastors. And that's, we kind of hit it pretty hard in the podcast. You talked about it too, but that's be yourself. I think that is a crucial element of whenever it comes to preaching, don't try to be someone else. Don't try to be you know, different preachers that you listen to. I mean, we've all could probably name off 10 people who are like, oh man, these are fantastic preachers. I wish I preached more like this person in this way or this person in that way. I did this this way, you know, but I think at the end of the day, you've got to be yourself Mm. because God really did make you like you are for a reason and your students know you. It's, it's a weird dichotomy. If you're, if you're someone else on the floor and in the small groups and just walking around the student center and then it's like, Oh, who's this guy that just got up there? Like what's going on? Like you've got to be yourself in these generations that we've been seeing in the past, you know, 10, 20 years, I think, you know, they're great at, at looking through 
someone not being authentic. So you've just got to be right. yourself because they'll pick up on that if you're not. You know, it's like, oh, what they put on their preaching voice. Like you shouldn't. I don't right. know that you should have a preaching voice. Like don't don't lower the octave. Like this is now my podcast voice. <laughs> like you know that's that's yeah. not it at all. Like be yourself. You know whatever that looks like. So I thought Nick's points around that were how you tell stories, whether or not you use jokes, all those different things. He said I thought was really good because at the end of the day, it helps students I think connect with you. So then they're easier to listen to what you're saying. So that way they can focus on what you are saying, which is the truth of the gospel. Yeah, man, you're exactly right. Like students notice they can see through the fake if we're trying to put put on be someone that we're not. But they're drawn in to when we are who we are, when we're being real and when we're being authentic, they're drawn into that. I really loved a couple of uh, things that I wrote down. Again, this is one I think I could go back and listen to on the listener side of it and just be like, okay, I'm going to write down what Nick said and put into practice for myself. Mm -hmm. And a couple of those things were the purposeful movement that he talked about. Mm -hmm. So I've seen people preach from a stool and I've seen like all of that stuff before, but to hear him articulate, here's why I do that because it's inviting you in because I want to sit at the table with you because when I stand up, I want it to be a purposeful stand up that causes people to know, oh, something's about to happen. When I sit down and my voice lowers, I want it to be something that people lean in for. Mm-hmm. I love the articulation of the purposeful movement in the art of communication. And then the other thing that I'd go back to is just what he, what he said there at the end. And, and, and we said it at the beginning too, but that you don't have anything to prove. And I think many times, I I, I don't know that I want to paint the brush over all student pastors. I'll say this for myself. There are many times and, you know, hopefully by God's grace, there won't be in the future, but it's going to be a temptation, I know. And that is to stand up and think, man, I want to I want these people to like me. I want Mm -hmm. them to be engaged. I want them. It is about proving something. And. Man, the more we as communicators can hear God is for you before you ever open your mouth. You don't have mm-hmm. anything to prove. You don't have any friend. You don't need to make friends here. You just need to help them unwrap the gift of the gospel. We can't hear that enough. And yeah. I'm thankful that he was vulnerable enough to share like, hey, this is something in my life that I had to come to this point on. So yeah. student pastors be encouraged if you're there then you can step forward out of that and know that there's nothing that you need to prove. If you're living on a, I've got to prove myself from week to week, that's a treadmill you don't have to stay on anymore. That's Oh, that's a tiresome treadmill right there. Man, it really is. So That makes me think too, was he was talking about just, you know, we've got to spend the time in the word. We've got to be, as he put it, you know, at the feet of Jesus. And I think that's important. I remember one of my professors and seminary preaching professors just talking about, you know, you've got to spend the time in the word. I think their their mantra was they wouldn't preach on a passage until they've read it in its context. So like chapter, mm. maybe even whole book at least 50 times. And I was like, wow, okay, I might do it five. They were just saying like that really helps you that I think that helps put you in that mindset soaking in the word. It helps it helps take us off of that treadmill and say, man, this is the truth that I've that God has in this passage. And all I want to do is proclaim this truth so that students can see it. Yeah, man. So good. Well, that'll wrap it up for today. Thanks for listening. Everybody tell a friend about the podcast. We would love for you to pass it on. And this has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We'll see you next time.